Evolutionary psychologists observe people very carefully, either directly or by analyzing indirect information such as demographic data. Our work sometimes takes us out into the field, observing people in their natural habitat, in much the same way that an ornithologist might observe the behavior of some exotic bird. Some evolutionary psychologists also conduct carefully controlled laboratory experiments, although their laboratory might be something as simple as a rickety bridge across a gorge on a college campus. In all cases, the intent is to observe people in the same way that animal behaviorists observe members of other species, without biases or preconceptions about what ought to be happening. Evolutionary psychologists also ask people what they're doing and why they're doing it, although, as we will see, such self-reporting is often unreliable. This isn't necessarily bad. Even such unreliability can tell us something interesting about human motivations and our capacity, almost unlimited, for self-deception. Evolutionary psychology is, of course, a branch of psychology, one of the newest branches of one of the oldest of human disciplines. As the name implies, it has its roots in Charles Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection. Darwin's theory gives us a theoretical perspective that makes it possible to ask questions about animal behavior that have not been asked in a systematic way before. It also provides a very practical set of experimental and observational techniques that allow us to make predictions about human behavior in specific contexts. What evolutionary psychology does not do is to recycle old ideas about human nature, except insofar as such ideas may coincidentally be based on the unbiased observations of human behavior. Evolutionary psychology is most emphatically not social Darwinism, neither in its origins nor in its conclusions. Indeed, as we go along, you may be surprised at some of the concepts that have come from the scientific study of human behavior from an evolutionary perspective. As we will see, this is not your grandfather's social science. Although, in some intriguing ways, it just might be your grandmother's. Again, evolutionary psychology is about what we do and why we do it. Psychologists have historically focused on one of these two subjects, often to the exclusion of the other. That is, psychologists have often either focused on external behavior or its internal motivation, but not both. Behavior is what an organism does. Motivation is why an organism does it. Although this division appears simple, it encapsulates a dichotomy that has split psychology into two often hostile camps for over a century. Essentially, this division is between experimental psychologists who believe that only observable phenomena can be studied using scientific methods, and theoretical psychologists who believe that it is not only possible to infer and thereby study internal motivations and mental states, that is, what we could call the mind, but that such internal states are the ultimate causes of human behavior.
As we will see, this division is often mirrored in evolutionary biology. On one side are the field and laboratory scientists, who conduct carefully controlled observations and experiments, testing relatively limited hypotheses. On the other are theoreticians who use mathematical and computer models to formulate synthetic theories that are not always amenable to direct empirical testing. Does this mean that these divisions are therefore unbridgeable? As history is any guide, the answer is no. In The Origin of Species, Darwin presented a synthetic theory of evolution, in which field and laboratory observations are used as a foundation for inferring an overarching explanation of the causes and consequences of what Darwin called descent with modification, his word for evolution. Darwin not only presented mountains of evidence showing that